Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats from NC State University's Career Development Center, the only podcast dedicated to providing NC State students with current, relevant, and thought-provoking ideas that will challenge you to think about your future. Whether you want to know more about what hiring managers are really thinking, or you just need to hear an honest and encouraging story about overcoming obstacles to reach your goals, we've got you covered. Wolfpack Career Chats is just one of the many services we provide. Whether it's career fairs, on-campus interviews, co-op opportunities, or more, we are here for the pack. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. This is Marcy Bullock, and today on the line I have Lindsay Pollock. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Marcy. Thanks for having me. I am so delighted to have you, and I cannot wait to dive into the most recent book that you have written, The Remix, and also talk about all of your tips for students who have just graduated into this absolutely topsy-turvy job market. So let me say a little bit about our guest today. Um, Listeners, you are in for such a treat. So workplace expert Lindsay Pollack has done amazing research on the millennials and multi-generations in the workforce. And she is a multiple New York Times bestseller. And I personally, Lindsay, have used your, your book, Getting from College to Career, in my senior class. Love it. I'm so honored. I know. I know. Well, I'm honored to have you because um, I I know when I met you, when you were a keynote speaker a few years back, I was such a little geek walking up like, sign my book. And today (laughs) we get to have this conversation. Um, I know you've spoken to audiences in industry and in universities, and you're currently living in New York City. And this is an insane time because we're taping this May 26th. And I just have to ask, how are you doing and your family? You're so kind to ask. Uh, New York is very appreciative of everybody's concern. Um, We were in New York until about a week ago, and we have relocated um, to rural Connecticut to ride out the situation. So I'm safe and sound and healthy and just very grateful to have a, a safe and healthy place to be. So happy to hear that. And students that graduated in 2020, this is, it's, it's such a heartbreaking time because we all remember our college graduations and all the excitement we had about entering the workforce. And of course, in your book, you talk a lot about how students can be successful in job search. And so many of those tips are even more relevant now. So I'd like to see um, what you would start off with as far as maybe just reassuring these students that just two weeks ago maybe took photos in their cap and gown and had a job offer and maybe it got rescinded um, and they're feeling a bit discouraged. So the first thing that I want to say is we see you and we are here for you and there are so many people who want to help you myself included please feel free to reach out on linkedin or elsewhere Um, it's a really 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 terrible situation and awful luck to be part of this class of 2020 but it's also going to be a historical moment that you are part of to be in this class of COVID-19 or this class of 2020. So um, I think that um, dealing with your disappointment 
is really important, taking care of yourself, taking time to feel the disappointment, but then really putting on a positive attitude that there are opportunities out there. There are a lot of resources to help you in some ways more than in other times because there's so much concern about this class of 2020. Um, and to know that you will get through this, there are a lot of really great messages, especially from those who graduated in the financial crisis or after 9-11, you will get through this and be stronger for it. So stay strong and we are with you. And that encouragement helps so much because it's easy to get bogged down and to complain about it. And I know sometimes staying positive is a challenging thing, but I believe with some of the things that our listeners are going to learn today, it is going to really spark them to try some new things and and not to give up. So let's jump into um, the tip that you, you had about this really big list. And I love this idea. Um, and want to let you just um, go a little bit deeper into that concept. Great. So in my book, um, Getting from College to Career, the very first tip is to do what I call start a really big list. And in a way, this is just about taking action and getting you into the mindset of moving forward. So all you have to do is grab a piece of paper or open an app on your phone and just start writing down, brainstorming the longest list you can of every possible thought or opportunity you have related to job hunting and a career. So what industries have ever interested you, what employers have ever sounded interesting or someone's mentioned you should look into, what job titles or job functions have you ever even considered, who are the people you know in your network? What associations do you belong to? What alumni networks are you part of? What teachers from high school do you sort of have a weird gut feeling might be someone to call right now? Just start to collect all of that in one place because I agree with you, there's a lot of disappointment and one of my favorite quotations is to feel the fear and do it anyway. So now I think feel the disappointment and take action anyway and a really easy way to break through and start is to create this long, long list that I think you should keep keep adding to all the time. And I'll talk in other tips about how to go back to this list and use it as a tool to help you get a job. Thanks for talking about that. And I want to remind all of our students at NC State that we have some amazing resources through our library website where you can chat with a librarian. And we subscribe to databases that cost thousands of dollars to access where you can put in exactly those same keywords you were talking about to help you realize who the, the companies are that have the problems that you might be able to solve and then who the competitors are. So once students maybe reach out to the library and start getting that list going and brainstorming, what, what do you say as far as what they should do on like a weekly basis. They wake up and it's easy to get dragged down. Absolutely, so you wanna have a little bit of an action plan. And so I would do a combination of working on your resume and LinkedIn profile sending out applications, really applying to jobs, and then working your network. So I think the first place to start, if you haven't yet, is your university career center. In addition to the library, the services are free, and your university career center is made to help you in this kind of situation. They know who's hiring. They're getting the internship and job postings. They will review your resume and LinkedIn profile. They will offer guidance on what careers might be interesting to you or who, which employers 
leaders are uh, looking for talent like you. So I would say get all your ducks in a row first by having a strong LinkedIn profile and resume because you can't do anything without that. I get into the habit of applying to a certain number of jobs per week. There's no magic number, but that consistency is really important. So maybe it's one job a day or two jobs a day. And I would also reach out to one or two people every day to start having conversations about what advice they have for your job search, what companies or industries or job functions they think you should add to your really big list. Essentially what you want to do is start to expand out of your own little brain, which has lots of great ideas, but is just one person, and start to think more broadly and creatively about the jobs and the people that you can talk to. So you're almost creating an advisory board for yourself. You're a focus group of one, but if you have a team of people supporting you, even just in in daily conversations, that's gonna help you uh, reach more broadly than you would on your own. The advisory board concept is wonderful because you are the CEO of your life and these people are encouraging you and you want them to be telling you about something when it becomes available. So nurturing those relationships we'll get into in a little bit, but thank you for plugging the Career Development Center because my colleagues and I are here for you, Wolfpack students and graduates, over this whole summer and beyond. We are doing virtual appointments. Um, We can talk with you and help you exactly with these concepts. So Lindsay, you talked a little bit about the resume and I think sometimes students put together a resume and they think they're done, but they're not quite done, are they? No, uh, very leading question, Marcy, I like that. (laughs) They're definitely (laughs) not done. Um, The really, really important thing about a resume is you have to customize it to each job that you apply for. Certainly have a working template, but people don't want to know that you're just a good job candidate. They want to know that you're the right candidate for the particular job you're applying to. So look at the job posting, the job description for a position that interests you. Look at the keywords they used, as you mentioned. And if those really apply to you, you don't want to lie, but if those really apply to you, make sure that you use some of those exact keywords in your resume and in your cover letter. So for instance, you might be applying to marketing jobs and public relations jobs. You're going to want to use the word marketing a lot more on the resume you're going to send for those positions and use the phrase public relations more on the resume that you're sending for that. And on your LinkedIn profile, you can put in your headline, aspiring marketing or public relations professional or aspiring communications professional. Those word choices are really important, not just for the you know internet bots that are scouring resumes, the applicant tracking systems, but also just for humans who are gonna look at your resume and want to see that you are the right fit for their job. And just to give you an image, I had a recruiter say to me, you know, my job is to put a square peg in a square hole. If I'm hiring for a marketing coordinator, I want to see the words marketing and coordinator on your resume because I want to know that's exactly what you want and what you're applying for. So remember that you're not just creating a resume for yourself. Think about it from the perspective of each job. And it is absolutely smart to customize that resume to each job you apply to. 
And reading those job descriptions is so important. It's basically your rule book. They're, they're saying, mm -hmm. here's exactly what we want. Now follow these rules and you'll have the chance to get the interview. So you hit a little bit on LinkedIn. Let's dive into that. So the resumes are getting customized, applying for jobs on a, on a daily basis through EPAC for NC State students. And students are, are not 100% confident about their LinkedIn profile. Any tips on that for people? I know you worked for LinkedIn for quite a while. Yes, I was a, a consultant to LinkedIn for six years, helping students um, and job seekers learn how to use the site. And the biggest thing that I learned about LinkedIn is they have jobs and it's great to apply for jobs, but really I think of LinkedIn as your professional billboard. So put your LinkedIn profile URL link in your email signature, put it on your resume, put it um, anytime you're reaching out to somebody, because what it is, is two things for students. One, it is sort of a version of your resume that talks about your skills, but I think it also is a demonstration to networking connections and employers that you are a student who is thinking professionally. So make sure your headshot looks really professional. Dress for your headshot the way you would for a job interview in your industry. Make sure that it is spelling and grammar checked. Make sure that you say directly in your or headline the job that you want. Don't put student at NC State or recent grad from NC State. Put aspiring financial services professional slash recent graduate of NC State, right? So make sure it is showing that you are savvy about being a professional and a job seeker and think of it almost as a poster or billboard or, or really website for your professionalism. It's that one place where you put a flag in the ground and say, this is how I want you to see me as a professional. Because I'll tell you, if a student reaches out to me or really anyone reaches out to me, Marcy, I did it to you. The first thing I do is look them up on LinkedIn and say, who is this person? So know that people are doing that and this is your chance to impress them before they ever talk to you. And I've heard a few different opinions on the the summary statement. I've heard some people say, keep it short, almost like the, the resume. People aren't going to look at it for more than 10, 15 seconds. And then I've heard people say, use every character. It's the most important real estate. What's your opinion on that? So LinkedIn experts have told me that the literal most important real estate where the you know recruiters are scanning for keywords are your headline and your summary statement. So they are incredibly important. My best advice on the summary statement is to write it as if it's a cover letter. So obviously you can't write it for a particular job, but you wanna show what you would contribute to an organization and who you are. So I would approach it with that mindset that if somebody knew nothing else about you, if they read that summary statement, they would know why you are a good applicant. Now, that doesn't mean long. So I'm actually, if I had to choose from your options, I think shorter is better because remember that you're marketing yourself. This is not your life story. And one of the challenges that I give to students is imagine I were charging you $100 for every word in your LinkedIn summary. What would be important enough to tell people? Because I agree that most people don't read it, but they are going to read something. So make sure that you're not just going on and on and on but you're using those words very, very wisely. So I'd say keep it as short as possible while still telling your story as if it were a cover letter. 
Oh, like a cover letter. That's fantastic. And the $100 a word makes you think so <laughs> hard about just how do I craft this? And that takes some time and students and alums, we can help you with that as well. So earlier in your, your advice, you were talking about the big list and reaching out to some people from high school and friends and family and neighbors. And these are your contacts. And actually on LinkedIn, the last time I looked, we had 180,000 Wolf Pack graduates that are on LinkedIn. So it's such a great resource. So what do you do once you see, let's say, an alum that comes from your institution, you're part of the Wolfpack family, they're working at the company that you want to work for, but maybe you don't know them directly. How do you go about reaching out? Because aren't they too busy to follow up with a student? This is such a great question, and I think this is where a lot of people mess up. They have the best intentions. I'm going to reach out to an alum and connect, but they don't know what to do. So here's what I think is important to know. The biggest mistake is to reach out to someone and say, hi, you went to NC State, I go to NC State, help me, or I need a job, or I want to work at your company. That's a huge mistake. What you want to do is get as specific as possible. And this is where your really big list comes in. Look at some of the words on your list and look at your resume and LinkedIn profile. So let's say you want to work in marketing. I bet of all those hundreds of thousands of people from NC State on LinkedIn, thousands of them work in marketing. So you're gonna have to drill down deeper. Do you wanna work in product marketing? Do you wanna work in, you know, I, I was going to say hospitality industry, but that's not a good choice right now. Uh, pharmaceutical marketing. Mm-hmm. Drill down as much as you can. And then you're going to start to find people who are doing much more similar things to what you want. So it's not great to say, hey, you're a marketing major. I want to work in marketing. Can you help me? But if you said, I saw that you um, studied abroad in Sweden and I did the same and you're working in pharmaceutical marketing and that's exactly what I want to do. I'd really love to hear about your path because it sounds so similar to my interests. Now my ears perk up because I'm thinking, wow, you're like a junior version of me. This is really exciting. So the more specific you can get, if you played a sport and that person had been on the same sports team, if you were in the same fraternity or sorority, if you had the same major, um, I'm not kidding. If someone's name is Lindsay, because my name is Lindsay, I'm more likely to reply. I mean, it's just (laughs) anything that catches your eye, right? So the more specific you can be in reaching out to people, the better. You also don't want to reach out and say, do you have a job or my resume is attached. Your first step is to really just get advice. Um, So we call it informational interviewing. And again, I'm sure your career center has a lot of guidance on this, but it's very aggressive to say, can you hire me or do you have a job? You just want to start out by asking for advice. And you know what? Yeah, people are busy, but a lot of them are a little bit less busy now during this pandemic and lockdown and summer, you know, coming up. So I think that it is appropriate and highly recommended to reach out. And if you are polite and positive and there is a real genuine specific connection, not everybody will say yes, but I bet the majority of people will. I completely agree with you. And people love to give advice. I mean, it makes you feel good. And I know one of the students in my class was interested in working for the Charlotte Panthers. And she said, do you know anybody that that works for this organization? And I was like, dang it, I don't. But I did exactly what you said and customized that, you know, I teach at NC State. I've got a student I want to introduce you to. Literally within five minutes, that connection wrote back and said, 
I would love to meet your student. Mm -hmm. And I just think people are scared to do it. Um, so, so don't be scared to do it. And once they say yes, I'll give you a 15, 20 minute conversation. Maybe it's on Zoom right now. Or when we start opening up, it's a, a coffee six feet apart, whatever we can <laughs> do to be safe. Um, what do you suggest they say in that conversation? It seems intimidating and scary. Yeah. And you do want to go in with a plan. I think that's really important and good advice. So I, I have a couple of steps that I would recommend. Number one is before, so the person says, yes, that's fantastic. Great. Thank them, of course. Number one, you want to review their LinkedIn profile before you start talking to them so that you don't ask questions you could have answered by looking at their profile, like what jobs they held or what they majored in. So make sure you've got the basics. It also shows respect to the other person that you've done your homework. So number one, check out their LinkedIn profile. Number two, this is a really good opportunity to use your really big list to say, you know, not to say I need help or what advice do you have, but um, Marcy, can I ask you a couple of really specific questions? I, I know that journalism is going to be really tough right now in the pandemic. So I'm thinking of public relations, I'm thinking of grant writing, and I'm thinking of teaching English. Do you have any thoughts on those paths? So your really big list helps you kind of narrow down the topics that you can share with this person and ask them directly to help you brainstorm more ideas. I'd also be ready with a pre-written paragraph about yourself, just a little introduction, kind of like a cover letter or that summary section on LinkedIn so that if the person says, oh my gosh, I have the perfect job for you, you don't want to wait two or three days while you pull together information about yourself and your resume. You want to have that ready to go. And the final suggestion I have is to write down really specific questions for the person that ask them for actions you can take. I really like to ask people almost for assignments because the problem sometimes with asking for advice, even when people are really well-meaning, is they say something like, go for it, keep your chin up, it's gonna be okay. And that's really nice, but it's not very helpful. So you wanna drive people to give you good advice. So I like to ask, are there specific companies you think I should look into or I, I should research? Do you have any suggestions for improving my LinkedIn profile? Is there a professional association I should join, a podcast I should listen to? Um, get very, very tangible, tactical actions. The advantage of that is number one, you get really good advice, but number two, now you have a reason to reach out to the person in the future because you can say, thank you so much for the advice to research XYZ company. I did and I applied for a job. So it allows you to continue the relationship and show that you're an action-oriented person. Wonderful. And this is so meaty because this is giving you a reason to follow back up so mm -hmm. that you're not just randomly talking to them once and then six months goes by, but a month later you share, oh, I did listen to that podcast. What did you think about that point that they made here? And you're cultivating more of that relationship and you're just not a cyberspace resume, but you're a person who, who knows maybe some of the people within the organization. And I've heard you refer to these two stacks of resumes. Um, can you describe a little bit about what they are and which stack a student would want to be in? Absolutely. And I want you to picture literal stacks of resume paper. Um, a recruiter once told me that she 
always has two stacks of resumes on her desk. One is this super, super high stack up to the ceiling of resumes she gets anonymously from the internet of people applying to jobs she's posted. And then next to it, there's a tiny little elite stack and those are the resumes that have been sent to her by people she knows and trusts. So one of your goals is to get into that little stack, which is somebody who knows the hiring um, manager or the recruiter who says, hey, I know this person and he or she is a good candidate. So the more you can make connections at companies and try to get in through that door as opposed to just applying, and I want to be really clear, you also have to apply through the traditional channels and the website and so on and follow the directions, but you also want to take advantage of any opportunity for somebody who actually knows the recruiter or works at the company to forward your resume. There is no better way to get a job than to end up in that small pile. Oh, fantastic idea. And, and this takes a lot of work, doesn't it? This takes a lot of work, but that's where the daily action plays in. A lot of people say it's a full-time job to get a job, and that's really how you have to think about it and find a way to make it interesting or fun or a challenge to yourself. Keep a spreadsheet, do it with a friend, you know, get up and do it every day from nine to 12 every morning. Get into a habit of treating this like school or a job, and you'll have much more success. And I, a lot of people say, I sent out 200 resumes and I didn't get a job. That's not strategic. Everything we've talked about in this conversation is about being really strategic. I'd rather you spend an hour researching uh, an alum on LinkedIn rather than sending out 10 random resumes. I think you'll get more bang for your buck. 100%. And so you were talking a little bit about how to spend your time on a daily basis because people are waking up, they, they maybe finish college, all of a sudden they have all this time on their hands and they're applying to jobs and working on networking like you talked about, researching alums. Is there any other ideas you have for people that have extra time on their hands maybe to make them more marketable? Absolutely. First and foremost, again, go to your career center. It is there for a reason. And if you don't use that service, I think you're making a mistake. And on those lines, you mentioned the library at NC State. There are so many universities, uh, websites, programs, et cetera, that are offering free courses right now. So think about a skill that you've always wanted to improve. Maybe it's public speaking, maybe it's business writing, um, maybe it is Excel, anything at all that you are interested in getting a little better at I can almost guarantee there's someone offering a free course on that subject. So improving your skills is a really good use of your time. And I'll tell you, I've had recruiters say to me, they're going to be asking in job interviews, what did you do during this time? Right? They want to mm -hmm. know that you took action. And I think a great answer to that question, because let's say some people are going to have a really long job search. I think that's just a reality we have to acknowledge. This might take a while. And if you're able to say in September or November or January or whenever, you know what? It was really challenging. You know, I'm, I'm so, um, uh, you know, glad to have a job interview. But during this time, I took three e courses or I read five business books or um, I signed up to to um, improve my skills in XYZ. I think that is a really good story. And I think it shows that you're someone who's always thinking of improving. So that's another really smart way to spend your time. I would even put it on LinkedIn. Finish this e-course today. LinkedIn has its own program, LinkedIn Learning, that goes right onto your profile to show people that you're taking action. 
I think that's fantastic. And we have a subscription to LinkedIn Learning so students oh, can great. take all those. Gift. Yeah, it is. It's a wonderful gift. They can take those classes for free and they're improving their their skills. They're making themselves look more favorable to employers. So you said it might take a while. What do students do if they get the offer? It's not really what they thought back in January was their ideal for June 2020. But let's face it, since January, life has changed. Um, should they just grab the first thing they get or hold out and know it's such an individual situation. This is such hard advice to give, but my opinion, and I'm just one person, is that you take a job offer that you get. I think we have no idea what things are going to look like in the next couple of months. And I think an offer is really valuable. Now, I also believe, and I'm writing a new book on the topic, that you can turn any opportunity into something bigger and better. So I want you to go in with your eyes open that you're going to work this opportunity and continue to build your network and keep your eyes on the bigger prize that you had in mind. But I don't think now is the time to throw aside an offer in hopes for something better. In my opinion, and again, it's just one person, I would take a job offer and then really work it to do a great job, network, build my skills, show off my talents, take advantage of every opportunity I have to learn and grow. And then if you're able to reassess in a year or two, that's fantastic. Many people have started their careers not where they wanted to be. I'm one of them. And you can grow in any direction. So that's my advice. Yeah, not really the time to be super picky and realizing that this could be a springboard for you and maybe even identifying what your non-negotiables are. If there are certain things that you just will not budge on, but being a little bit more open based on some of the changes that have happened. I think that's really important. So our time has gone fast. I um, Before I get to our last question, I want to see if there's any other last minute tips you want to leave this class of 2020 with. You know, the last thing I want to say, and, and it's a little bit of a bee in my bonnet, is, you know, a lot of people say, I don't want to reach out to anyone. I don't want to bother anyone. All anyone ever wants in return is a thank you. And a quick note of thanks, a handwritten note of gratitude is so incredibly important. If you have any discomfort reaching out and asking for help, just say thank you. Just show your gratitude and that will make you feel good. It will make them feel good and make you want to help them. And I would also say, if you come across jobs that could help a friend or a class and it's not the right fit for you, be a giver too. I think networking ultimately is about being a giver and a taker, about being mutually beneficial. So know that you have access to jobs and opportunities and people that could also help your classmates and friends. So be really generous in your gratitude and in sharing opportunities. And I just deeply believe that that positivity will come back to you in spades. I think so too. I think it's a cycle, isn't it? Because these people who are out doing amazing things, they sat in your seat. They remember feeling maybe not exactly how you do because life has changed, but feeling uncertain about the future. And people, it just makes you feel so good when you can help others. So I love that you ended with gratitude. That's a wonderful way for us to wrap up. 
I want to encourage all of our listeners to check out your podcast called The Remix. I listened to it. I thought it was fantastic. Really great ideas. I think I listened to the episode about um, women in the workforce and being very uh, assertive in the way that you approach other people. And I loved the ideas you had. (laughs) Thank you. That's great. It's called The Work Remix, and you can find it on any podcast site. The Work Remix. That's fantastic. We will link up to that in our show notes as well as to your contact information, Lindsay. And before we let you go, we're going to get in our time machine and (laughs) zoom into the year 2040 when we all have the vaccine for coronavirus and we're all back to healthy lifestyles and interacting and hugging and we um, have herd immunity, all the wonderful things. (laughs) What advice would you give to the Lindsay Pollock of 2020? I love that question. And I just love that positive image of the future. I cherish it. Um, I thought about this question and my answer is, Lindsay, keep trusting your gut. I think the times I've made mistakes in my career, in my life, or when I went against my instincts. And so I think particularly in challenging times, particularly when uncertain, the best sort of navigation system you have is checking in with yourself. So that's my advice to myself and to others is trust your gut. Even if it's not the best opportunity in the world, if it feels right and you think you can work with it, go for it. Thank you for being with us today, Lindsay. Thank you so much, Marcy. Good luck to everybody. The NC State Career Development Center prepares and empowers students to identify and pursue their career goals. Stop by Pullen Hall to learn more. Thank you for listening to Wolfpack Career Chats, and we hope to see you around campus. Have a packtacular day.